It's December 21st, 2022. It's the last Wednesday edition of the Sports Wagon Podcast for 2022, the season three finale. It's your man, Uncle Dub. Check your programs and scorecards. This is episode 196. You know where to find me on Instagram and Twitter. It's Uncle Dub, I-T-S-U-N-C-L-E underscore D-U-B. So we are four days from Christmas. So um, hope you're ready. Hope you're ready for the big day or whatever you celebrate or however you celebrate, whatever it is. I hope you're ready for it. Hope you're having a good one. Hope work is uh, not terribly stressful for you right now um but anyway let's jump into the show so we got a lot for the show so this is kind of a late record as far as time of day and time of the week because i was hoping to record this monday so we'll go through some stuff that you know as we do we go through stuff that's already happened but we'll kind of do some overviews and talk through some things of course we'll wrap up the year in sports here first nfl week 15 winners uh, the Vikings, the Browns, the Bills, the Eagles, the Jaguars, the Saints, the Lions, the Steelers, the Chiefs, the Giants, Broncos, Raiders, Chargers, Bengals, and the Packers win Monday Night Football. Um, so the Raiders, uh, my goodness, man, New England. I, I've seen some pretty bad football plays, but I think that's probably one of the worst football plays I have ever seen in my life. I mean, these are the kinds of things I think teams practice these types of scenarios i don't think they practice it all the time but they practice it just enough to say okay if this situation if we're in the situation where we have to run it back what do we do and how do we do it properly and with that just giving away of the ball for for lack of a better way i mean there went their season and you know the raiders still won uh, uh i believe at home in that game um so let's look at the playoff picture in the afc Buffalo and Kansas City. So KC wins the AFC West. On the NFC side, Philadelphia and Dallas have clinched playoff spots. The Vikings, they clinched the NFC North. And here's the crazy part. They were down 33 to nothing at the half uh, to the Colts. They complete the largest comeback in league history. So all that to win the NFC North. And was it uh, Kirk Cousins? Now everyone's talking about uh, Kirk Cousins and okay is he I, I guess the guy or worth the money that he's pay, being paid and and I'll say this and this is again yet another unpopular opinion but I was a I felt some kind of way when Washington dealt him away I, you know he wasn't he wasn't the superstar guy he wasn't putting up gaudy numbers but he was effective and he goes to Minnesota he hasn't been I guess as uh I guess he hasn't been as consistent as people thought, but he has shown uh, he has shown up and he's doing what he is getting paid to do. So and, you know, and he's and they've got some good weapons around them. So, I mean, it, it all worked out, at least for Minnesota. We all know, you know, the Washington football team, they've been making bad decisions for, you know, God knows how long. But anyway, um, and of course, San Francisco wins the NFC West. So we. Game week, uh, notable 16, notable blah, week 16 games. Just read your notes. How about that? Um, on Saturday, uh, we've got, I'm sorry, start Thursday night football. Thursday night football, we got the Jaguars at Jets, 815 on Prime. Saturday games, Seahawks at Chiefs, 1 p.m. on Fox. Giants at Vikings, 1 p.m. on Fox. Bengals at Patriots, 1 p.m. on CBS. Uh, Eagles at Cowboys, 425 on Fox. Jalen Hurts said that he is thinking about playing there is a chance he could play remember he has a shoulder injury so hopefully he will uh be ready for the eagles for this big nfc uh east matchup and 
again with the NFC East, we go, oh, well, they're no longer the NFC least uh, because, again, it looks like potentially the way the way that the playoffs are kind of sizing up that the NFC East could get all their teams in, which a lot of people are feeling really some kind of way about that. And I kind of laugh because I'm going, so why are you mad? I mean, it, it's like when the NFC East is terrible, they're a joke when they're actually looking decent. And, and, and I say, you know, we look at the whole division. Okay. You've got, you know, the giants and the commanders kind of right there. Giants beat the commanders and uh, what they had to uh, they had tied in overtime rather. Um, but then of course you've got Philly who's clearly separated themselves. And of course you've got Dallas who's kind of been, you know, kind of hanging in there. Um, you really can't be mad at it. I mean, I'm not, you know, it is what it is. I mean, let's just put it that way. Um, and of course, the commanders at the 49ers, 425 on CBS. The World Cup, man, I tell you, that World Cup final was fantastic. So let's start with the Saturday action. Third place, Croatia 2-1 over Morocco. Then on then Sunday, as I called it, I said, this game is going to go to penalty kicks. And then my pick was totally a fluke. I said, okay, I'll say, I said, coin flip, I'll take Argentina. That's those are my exact words. And sure enough, three, 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 three Argentina and France after full time and after overtime, Argentina wins four two on penalty kicks. But here's the way this game looked. When I saw the score, I'm going, you got to be kidding me, right? They're about to run away with this thing. Lionel Messi scores 23rd minute on a penalty kick and he scores 108th minute. Um, and then 108th minute is extra time. So uh, Angel Di Maria in the 36th minute, but then Mbappe takes over 80th and 81st minute, the 80th minute on a penalty kick, 81st minute. And then he scores the 118th minute on the penalty kick. So Mbappe, he wins the golden boot with eight goals. He's the second man to have a hat trick and a final Lionel Messi gets the golden ball award for the most outstanding player of the tournament. And of course he gets the big prize, the world cup that has eluded him his entire career. Supposedly, this was his last World Cup. They said this is his 26th match that he's appeared in, 26th World Cup match. He's 35 years old, and the word is initially that this is it. Not too long after the victory, he said he wants to come back. And, of course, the head coach says, well, shoot, if he, we've got space, he wants to come back. So we'll see how it goes. But next World Cup, he'll be, what, 37, 38? So I think next World No, 26. He'll be 39. So... We'll see. I mean, maybe uh, some other thoughts will prevail because I think if you're 39 and you're out there trying to play in the World Cup, maybe that's not a great idea. But I guess if you're in peak top shape, if you're doing what you're supposed to do, maybe that's not a terrible idea. For Argentina, this is their third title. So they last won in 86 and before that they won in 1979. So the other thing they talked about was Lionel Messi's legacy. So being in the shadow of um oh my god i hate when that happens when these names just go out of my head and i'm on a roll um anyway um so his his um Lionel messi's um his legacy is intact and again that's the one thing that he has maradona thank you good lord anyway diego maradona uh he was in his shadow again we all know the greatness of maradona if you didn't know you had to be there i remember maradona winning that thing and i tell you that was a bad man let me tell you something 
Um, France fails to go back to back. So again, the last team to go back to back was Brazil. They went won in fifty eight and nineteen sixty two. All right, let's look at college basketball. So kind of some uh, scores from the past weekend, um, and we've had a lot of a lot of things going on over the week here. Um, UConn, number ninth ranked over Florida State, 85-77. Uh, Gina Oriama, he did not coach in this game. And I believe their lat, their most recent game, he did not, is not intending to coach. So he had an illness. So Chris Daly, associate head coach, took over. She is now 14-0 when she leads the team. Stanford beat Tennessee at home, 77-70. This game was pretty close. It was tied to 35 at the half. Um, after three quarters, Tennessee had a three-point lead. And then stand a five point lead rather, and then Stanford went when the fourth quarter twenty four to twelve. Cameron Brink goes for twenty one and seventeen. That's points and rebounds. Jordan Horston led Tennessee with nineteen and ten. Iowa State fourteenth ranked over twenty number twenty five Villanova seventy four sixty two. That's the Hall of Fame Women's Showcase from the Mohegan Sun. Ashley Jones goes for seventeen points ten rebounds. Maddie Segrist goes for thirty two points and twelve rebounds. Iowa State, so they win this game, but let's check this out. 18 turnovers. They shot 50% from the three, 42% from the field. So those numbers don't sound like they go together. They were turning the ball like crazy, but they shot the ball like crazy. So usually, again, one sin can atone for another. Villanova had seven turnovers, conversely, but they shot 29% from three and 34% from the field. So... You can turn the ball over 18 times if you shoot well and hold the line. And then if the other team shoots poorly, eh, you're probably going to win a basketball game here. And then the big game, number five, Notre Dame over number six, Virginia Tech. They gave Tech their first loss of the season by the score of 63-52. Um, let's see. Virginia Tech shot 21% in the fourth quarter. Um, Olivia Miles goes for 16 points and 13 rebounds for the Irish and Georgia Amore. So I think Georgia Amore is probably one of your better three-point shooters in the in, in the conference. 20 points. She went 4-11 from the three, uh, from the three-point line. Um, Virginia Tech also got some news that Ashley Owusu, so if you remember, she transferred from Maryland to Virginia Tech. She's out indefinitely with a broken pinky. They expect to have her back somewhere midway through the ACC season. So um, that's kind of something that um, Kenny Kenny Brooks has been managing fairly well, I think. I think, you know, they've got enough depth in their lineup that she won't be missed. She's been scoring well. She's kind of been having a hard time kind of adjusting. I mean, she hasn't quite adjusted to the style, the offense of everything for Virginia Tech, but for the most part, She's contributing very well, so they're going to miss her production. But uh, they've got enough, I think, on in the tank to kind of, kind of, uh, you know, uh, absorb her loss temporarily. Um, I watched this game uh, this past Sunday, number twenty, Arizona over number eighteen, Baylor, seventy-five to fifty-four. They beat them by twenty-one. Ugly loss for um, Baylor. Um, Arizona just shot really well. So I've heard, you know, I've listened to the committee the other night. I heard a couple people saying, ah, I wasn't too impressed with Arizona. I was for the simple fact that if you watch them play Kansas, they looked absolutely terrible. They shot the ball terribly. Um, Kansas just carved them up. On the other side of this, Arizona, they looked better. Now they weren't as polished as I would like to be, as I would have liked them to be. But com compared to that Kansas game, they got the message. I think Adia Barnes has read them the riot act, and they. Just played lights out basketball. There, there's some pieces I think need to be cleaned up a little bit. 
But I think if this team, once they start hitting all our cylinders, I think they've got enough in the tank to really do some damage in the Pac-12. But for Arizona, now this is interesting. Shayna Pellington led them in scoring with 18, which she can score, but that's not really her her thing. She's more of a distributor. She does contribute from a point standpoint. But that's interesting that she was the leading scorer in this game. And Jaden Owens led Baylor with 15. Let's go through the top 10 for the ladies here. Number one, again, South Carolina with 28 first place votes. Two, Stanford. Three, Ohio State. Four, Indiana. And five, Notre Dame. So top five all hold. Six through 10, UNC up a spot. Down, uh, up one spot to seven is NC State. Down two to eight is Virginia Tech. Holding at nine is UConn. And up a spot to 10 is LSU. Your bigger, your biggest mover this week, Arkansas. I believe they're still undefeated. They're up four spots to number 17. Baylor dropped six spots to number 24, more than likely. Uh, Baylor, yeah, Baylor dropped to 24 after that loss. So they're kind of hanging on by a thread in the top 25. In this week, St. John's, this is their first ranking since 2015, and Villanova is out of the top 25. Now, a couple interesting pieces as far as vote getters for this week. Marquette was got 24 votes for the poll. They're number 26, and Virginia is number 27. They got 21 votes in the AP poll. However, Virginia is number 25 in the USA Today poll. I don't know how I feel about that. If you know, if you listen to the podcast enough, you know how I feel about USA Today. It's not really a newspaper. It's not really a thing. So, yeah, they're my team, and I'm glad that they got ranked in the in the USA Today poll. But at the same time, too, I'm going, eh, but it's USA Today. I don't trust anything they have to say, but nevertheless, um, Virginia is currently playing right now. So, I'm again, like I said, this is a late record for me. I watched the first half of that game. The, the officiating is absolutely abysmal. Um, right now, 7-15 the third quarter. Virginia is down 13 to Duke. Um, yeah, I think this is one of those games where Virginia is going to have to make some adjustments from a, from a personal standpoint. So, Mir McLean's in early foul trouble. Taylor Valaday went out briefly with an injury. Uh, Virginia, remember, has 11 players on their roster. Duke has 11 players on their bench. So clearly outmatched from a number standpoint and a size standpoint. Duke has some considerable size. So I think that's a problem. And again, you can play small ball smartly and you can be the t- a team with size. And right now, you know, Virginia's driving to the basket with a 6'4 center standing from you and they're getting swatted away. So again, they've got to spread out, move the ball around. They've got to get into their offensive flow. Duke is being very disruptive to them right now. And I don't think it's going to bode well for them, but we'll see how it all pans out later um for the men this past saturday number five houston over virginia second ranked 69 61 uh Jerace walker at 17 points caden shedrick went, went for 16 houston out rebounded virginia plus four 30 to 26 um 18 total turnovers in this game houston eight virginia 10 so for the most part 18 total turnovers is not terrible but in general, Houston just shot the ball way better. They were disrupted defensively, but the shooting, I think, made the difference in this game. Other scores, uh, number eight, Kansas over number 14, Indiana. This game was a complete blowout, uh, 84-62 at Allen Fieldhouse. Number 15, Gonzaga over number four, Alabama, 100-90. to Drew Timmy goes for 29 points and 10 rebounds. Brandon Miller, 36 for Alabama in the loss. 
UNC over number 23, Ohio State, 89-54 at Madison Square Garden. And then then the second game of I think the CBS Sports Classic at MSG, number 16, UCLA over number 16, 13, Kentucky, rather, 63-53. Jaime Jaquez Jr., 19 points, 12 rebounds. And Chris Livingston comes off the bench to score 14 for the Wildcats. Number nine, Arizona over number six, Tennessee, 75 to 70. Azulas Tubelas, 19 points and nine rebounds. Sakai Ziegler, 21 points for Tennessee. The men, the top 10 for this week, week seven. Purdue with 41st place votes holds at number one. Number two, UConn up a spot, 21 first place votes. Houston moves up two spots to three. Kansas up spot, four spots to four. Arizona up four spots to five. UVA drops four spots to number six. Texas holds at seven. Tennessee drops two spots to eight. Alabama five drops five to nine. And Arkansas holds at the 10 position. Um, from Tuesday night. Uh, so for the men, Virginia again, they dropped their second straight game. They lose to Miami. They had one final shot at the buzzer. And uh, Reese Beekman was not un- was not able to get the shot off. He loses the ball. Virginia loses 66-64 to Miami. So they'll more likely drop out of the top 10 next week. Um, for the ladies, oh, I'm sorry. One of the men scored, Wake Forest beat Duke at home 81-70. I kind of watched a little bit at the end of that game. Wake was really in control of that game. Duke was missing some personnel. So that may make a difference. I'm sure these two teams are going to be seeing each other again at Cameron very soon. For the ladies, uh, number 17, Arkansas. I'm sorry, Arkansas lost. Um, they lost to Oregon, I believe. I was trying to remember if they lost, and they did. 85 to 78. In the Jumpman Invitational, Michigan over North Carolina, 76 to 68. Check this out. First quarter was 35 to 20, Michigan. They shot 75% in the first in the first quarter. Ridiculous. They were up 49-32 at the half. UNC wins the second half 36 to 27. So they closed the gap. And in my head, as I was watching this game and then went into halftime, I'm thinking, I'm interested to see if Michigan is that kind of shooting team. And they shot really well. But as you can see, the shooting kind of, you know, kind of went on a decline. Carolina came back, but they were unable to finish the deal. So I think Michigan is definitely a team, obviously, in the conversation in the Big Ten. Are they do they have enough firepower to hang with Ohio State or Indiana? Probably Indiana, Ohio State. I'm not sure. I'm a little I'm a little skeptical about that, but we'll see. I believe last night, Ohio State, the ladies, I forgot to check this. The Ohio State ladies were on the ropes last night. And I believe they came back to beat South Florida 88 to 86 in overtime. So that they were on upset alert for a little bit. Last game, uh, 21, 21st ranked Creighton uh, loses to number two Stanford in Palo Alto, 72-59. Talana Lapolo, freshman for, for uh, Stanford, had 17. Cameron Brink goes for 14 points and six rebounds. Lauren Jensen had 18 points for Creighton. Uh, when we come back, we'll talk NBA, we'll do college football bowl picks, and then we'll do our end of the year recap, sports figures of the year, our in memoriam as we always end the year. And then, of course, we'll have our thank yous and shout outs for the end. Stay tuned.
All right, everybody, welcome back. So let's get to one news, one bit of news from the NBA. Matt Ishbia uh, is finalizing the purchase of the Phoenix Suns and the Mercury for $4 billion. That's billion with a B. Um, this is a record-setting uh, organization purchase in, uh, in the league. Um, the only thing that's required right now is a background check and, of course, a uh, vote, a upvote, downvote from the Board of Governors, which is at this point a mere formality in this process. So as we talked about with the sale, there's going to be some questions that are going to be asked. So from the WNBA side, we talked about what does that mean for the current coaching staff? So we know that Vanessa Nygaard will be back for season two. So again, what happens this year is going to kind of lead to long term, you know, is she going to be there long term? So, you know, as we know, the Mercury didn't really have a good season last year. So now the questions are, you know, we know that this new management group is really going to be looking closely at her performance and the team's performance and looking to make some changes. But thinking about these two entities globally, there are new reports or more reports that are surfacing that the misconduct in the organization that were reported uh, uh, with Robert Sarver is essentially extending beyond him. So essentially, as we know, his misconduct was noted and it appears that that trickled down from him. So other members of the management team and other people who are in charge were um, acting in an inappropriate fashion in numerous ways. And many people in the organization are still uncomfortable about the direction of the organization. So again, with this new management group, the only thing that I can say is it's just time to clean house. I mean, let, let's call it what it is. It's time to clean house and start fresh. And as far as how the organizational structure is, because essentially if you still have remnants of Sarver's people there and people who are still affiliated with the organization are still saying that, they still feel uncomfortable. They still are in a toxic organization, a toxic work organization. Then it's time to clean house, start over, and then try to right the ship. But again, there are other things that the NBA said needed to be done. So they said that they have to undergo training and do uh, increased reporting of incidents uh, within the organization and, and so forth. So these things will still happen, but they need to happen under a new watch. And um, so it's going to be interesting to see what changes will be made and how this organization hopefully will kind of restore itself and its trust uh, amongst the other organizations, amongst the people who oversee it, uh, more specifically at the league level. All right, so let's go to college football. So let's look at the bowl picks. So we said bowl picks in the last episode, we did the first half of the bowl picks. So we're going to do our second half of our bowl picks here. So we're going to start on December 30th. So we got four games on the 30th. So the Dukes Mayo Bowl, noon on ESPN from Charlotte Bank of America Stadium, Maryland versus number 23 NC State. Maryland are one-point favorites. I'm going to take Maryland here. I think State, you know, with all the shakeup and all the things that have been going on with them, of course, players are transferring, coaches are in and out. I think Maryland might have enough juice offensively to beat NC State. Although, don't get me wrong, State has a good defense. I think Maryland might do a little something to kind of 
win this game. So I'll take Maryland to win the Duke's Mayo Bowl. 2 p.m. from El Paso, some, the Sun Bowl Stadium, the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl. Pitt versus number 18, UCLA. UCLA are four-point favorites. I will take the Bruins over Pitt. 3.30 from Jacksonville, ESPN, the Tax Slayer Gator Bowl. Number 21, Notre Dame, who are two-point favorites, will take on number 19, South Carolina. I'll take the Gamecocks. I, I'm, I'm feeling good. So we remember that the Gamecocks go to Death Valley and beat Clemson, which blew everybody's mind, and mine included. And I don't know, Notre Dame, again, same situation. They got guys who aren't playing. Um, you know, down year for Notre Dame. I mean, not a terrible year, but for Notre Dame, this is a down year, although it's a winning season. But I think South Carolina finishes off strong, and I think they get another bowl win under Shane Beamer. The Capital One Orange Bowl. So this is the first of the New Year's Six games. This game, 8 p.m. on ESPN for Miami Gardens, number 6 Tennessee, versus the aforementioned number 7 Clemson Tigers. Clemson are six-point favorites. I'm going to take Clemson close. I think Tennessee will come with the firepower, but I think Clemson's defense makes the difference in this game. I'll take Clemson. On New Year's Eve, so here's the first game of the day, and it's weird. The All-State Sugar Bowl is at noon from Caesars Superdome in New Orleans. The Sugar Bowl is at noon, people. What is happening? <laughs> I mean, I get it, but I I'm not... I'm not used to the Sugar Bowl being in, at noon. I don't think people who go to the Sugar Bowl are used to being in at noon. But anyway, here this is the this is the 2022 that we live in. Number five, Alabama, six and a half point favorites versus the Big 12 champion Kansas State Wildcats, who are ranked ninth. I'll take Alabama close. I think Kansas State. So you remember how I told you Kansas State was going to win the Big 12 championship, and it was a shootout. It was a fist fight. Kansas State is going to come with a little more, you think. But I think at the end of the day, I think Alabama is going to have a little bit more than Kansas State. So I'll take Alabama to take the Sugar Bowl. From noon on ABC from Nashville, the Music City Bowl, Iowa, two and a half point favorites versus Kentucky. Again, you see two contrasting teams. Iowa started on the slide. Now they're on the upside. Kentucky started ranked and hit the skids. Iowa found some offense at the end of the season. I mean, maybe just had some extra offense in a, in, a, in a jar somewhere. I don't know, but I'll take Iowa over Kentucky. The first CFP semifinal from the Verbo Fiesta Bowl in Glendale, Arizona. Third-seeded Texas Christian runners-up in the Big 12 versus Big 10 champion and second-seeded Michigan. Michigan are 7.5-point favorites, 4 p.m. on ESPN. I hadn't picked this game yet. I'm not sure. I'm still... Michigan, I think, is the, the, the prohibitive pick here. I think TCU has something. I think they've got enough here, but I think I'm going to go with Michigan on this one. I think I'm going with Michigan to win. Let me make sure I mark that. But I'm going to go with Michigan to win the Fiesta Bowl and move on to the CFP final. The second semifinal, the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl from Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta. The fourth-seeded Ohio State Buckeyes take on the number one-seeded SEC champs and defending national champs Georgia Bulldogs, who are six-and-a-half-point favorites. This, this is going to be a fist fight. I'm going to take Georgia close. So I've got in the CFP final number one Georgia versus number two Michigan. So we'll see how it all fans out when we get back to you in January. All right, let's go to what's the New Year's Day from the federal standpoint. So we all know New Year's Day is January 1st, but that's a Sunday. So 
the holiday version is uh, Monday the 2nd. So on Monday, we got the ReliaQuest Bowl, noon on ESPN from Tampa, number 22 Mississippi State versus Illinois. Illinois are one and a half point favorites. I think I'm going to take Mississippi State here. Illinois is doing really great. Um, I think Brett Bielema just got an extension. He's got that program going in the right direction. Um, I was very impressed with what I saw from them this season. But you got to think, you know, Mississippi State, they're definitely going to be playing with some emotion, but they got their new head coach in Zach Arnett. Um, they got that defense. Those guys are going to be chomping at the bit to end strong and then to start the season strong next year with that, with most of the guys that defense coming back. I'm going to take Mississippi State over Illinois. 1 p.m. from Arlington, Texas on ESPN, the Goodyear Cotton Bowl Classic, the 16th seat, uh, 16th ranked Tulane Green Wave champions of the American Athletic Conference will take on the runners-up from the Pac-12, the USC Trojans, led by Caleb Williams, the Heisman Trophy winner. USC are two-and-a-half-point favorites. I'm going to take USC here. I think this will probably be a seven-point game. I'll go USC by seven. The Cheez-It Citrus Bowl, 1 p.m., ABC from Orlando, number 17, LSU, who are 14-point favorites, will take on Purdue. So Purdue's another team that's kind of in transition. LSU, you know, kind of on an upswing, momentum on their side. I'm going to take LSU. I'll go with the 14 points. I don't don't think this is going to be a blowout. I think, well, I don't know. Now that I think about it, I'll take LSU. More than 14. Let's say LSU. Now, now, I don't that sounds terrible, doesn't it? I'll take LSU more than 14. I'm gonna give the number. I'll say LSU more than 14. 5 p.m. ESPN, the Rose Bowl game from the venerable uh, Rose Bowl in Pasadena, number 11 Penn State versus the Pac-12 champion Utah Utes. Utah are two and a half point favorites. I think Utah finishes the deal this year. They win the Rose Bowl over. Penn State. So that's the end of my bowl picks for this year. So um, let's see. So far, my bowl picks, I'm four and two, and I won't see another bowl until the 22nd. But so far from the first, uh, let's see, this last weekend, I got four. I'm four up, two down. So I'm already uh, good to go so far. And lastly, for the regular season, for my picks, I went 120 and 77. That's not actually terrible. I thought I would do worse than that, but it's still about 60 some percent as far as the uh, percentages. So um, let's see. Updating the women's basketball score. Virginia is down 11 towards the end of the third quarter to Duke at Cameron. So this is going to come down to the wire, but we'll see how it goes here. Let's go to the 2022 recap. So starting with last year's CFP, third seeded Georgia over number one Alabama. So they got revenge for losing the SEC championship. They win the game 33 to 18. That's their first title since 1982. The Super Bowl was won by the Los Angeles Rams. They beat the Cincinnati Bengals 23 to 20. Your MVP was Cooper Cup. Men's college basketball, Kansas beats US, UNC for their fourth title overall, and Bill Self gets his second title. Uh, Oche Obaji is the most outstanding player of the tournament. The women, South Carolina beats UConn, the second title for the program and for head coach Don Staley, and Aaliyah Boston is your most outstanding player. MLB, the Houston Astros win the, win the World Series, and Jeremy Pena is your MVP. The NBA, the Golden State Warriors, third seed in the West, beat the second seeded Boston Celtics, second seed in the East, four games to two. Steph Curry is your MVP. 
the WNBA, the Las Vegas Aces over the Connecticut Sun for their first franchise title. Your MVP is Chelsea Gray. NHL, the Colorado Avalanche over the Tampa Bay Lightning. Cole McCarr is the MVP. NASCAR, Joel Logano wins his second title for Penske Racing. And as we talked about, Argentina wins their third title in the World Cup. So before we get to In Memoriam, I always like to stop and do a sports figure of the year. And in thinking about my sports figure of the year, I had to kind of ask myself some questions. So I said to myself, who moves the needle in the sports world? So when we think about sports, we're always looking at stats and numbers and performance and and of course, we're having these arguments based on stats and number of performance. I mean, for me, a lot of times it's about the eye test. Um, and, and I think for most people, there are people who play a sport, they understand the X's and the O's and they can see certain things, but it's about the eye test for me. But who helped to make change? Who helped to make progress? Who used their platform to create positive change to advance sport? And of course, advanced sport in the face of our current political state or political climate. So I had one individual in mind, but then as I started thinking about this particular individual, this particular individual did not really, she was part of a movement. She did not start the movement, but she was a very vocal part of this movement. So my sports figure or sports figures of the year this year is the force of women's college women's basketball so that of women's college basketball and that of the WNBA so we've talked in the past about how the WNBA they are very they've been very good and very vocal about leading change in a lot of, in a lot of ways so in the wake of George Floyd uh in pressing for making sure that people vote and they help spur elections and change in many places in the last couple of election cycles. But when we got the news that Brittany Griner was detained in Russia and she was held in Russia and, and, and as we know, she was subsequently freed. There were many people who were outspoken and making sure that the, her case was not forgotten, that the government was, involved and got more involved and did everything they had to do to get her free. And there were many players. So there were a number of WNBA players. So just the vast, you can think about every WNBA player and many former WNBA players. And of course, at the college level. So Dawn Staley, Tara Vanderveer come to mind. Baylor head coach Nikki Collin. I mean, there are a number of people, and of course, many, many players were um, kind of uh, vocal, very vocal, and they're saying that, you know, she needs to be free, that there more has to be done. And so I wanted to kind of take an opportunity to, again, give props and a shout out to women's basketball so because the whole community so this wasn't just again there were people who were very vocal don't get me wrong there are people who were leading the charge here but if you think about it the whole women's basketball community locked arms and embraced each other and they did everything they had to do to keep not just Brittany Griner encouraged but keep each other encouraged and keep each other pressing towards the goal of getting her free and here we are 
she was freed. So um, the, the the thing that I don't want to say amazes me, but the thing that I really admire, and I've said this before about the WNBA, but in this case about the whole women's basketball community is that when they get together, they get things done. And you, you we ain't going to talk about the NFL. We know what's happening there. The NBA, you know, the NBA, I feel they get it done when it's really bad. I hate to say that when something really, really bad happens, they come together. But when it's something that's kind of, you know, a, an important issue that kind of needs to be addressed, everybody's very polarized. But when the WNBA, you, you've seen it on, on, on a number of occasions. But in this case, the whole of women's college, the whole of women's basketball, they came together, they galvanized, they did everything they had to do to make sure that Brittany Griner was not going to be forgotten, whether she was going to be there for her whole sentence, shorter, longer, whatever. They wanted their voices to be heard, their voices were heard, and she is now free. So I had to shout out women's basketball, the whole community of women's basketball for as my sports figures of the year. So as we end the show, as we always do at the end of every season, we talk about or we take a moment to remember those who in sports who passed this year. So we'll start with Major League Baseball, Gaylord Perry, Bruce Sutter, Jared Williams, who played for the Braves, Jared Giambi for the Oakland A's, Maury Willis, the great from the L.A. Dodgers, Odalis Perez, and the voice, the longtime voice of the Dodgers, Vince Scully. From NHL, Clark Gillis, Guy LaFleur, John Potvin, and Mike Bossy. From the NBA, the legendary Bill Russell, Bob Lanier, Paul Silas, and Richard Versace. He's the first head coach of Puerto Rican descent. From college basketball, we recently lost Billy Moore, the first women's Olympic uh, coach and head coach at UCLA. Joby Hall, the head coach at University of Kentucky, and the queen of basketball, Lucia Harris. From the WNBA, Tiffany Jackson. From the NFL, great wide receiver for the Washington football team, Charlie Taylor. The great Lenny Dawson from, from Kansas City, two-time Super Bowl champ. Greg Robinson, who, who was the defensive coordinator for the Broncos during Super Bowl years, and former head coach at, the University, at Syracuse University. Steve White from Tampa Bay. Ross Browner from Cincinnati, Dwayne Haskins, who played for Washington and Pittsburgh, Shane Oliveira, Jeff Gladney, Marion Barber, Jalen Ferguson, and Tony Saragusa, both Baltimore Ravens, Ralph Neely from Dallas, Ken Burrow, Lionel Little Train James, and we just lost today Franco Harris at the age of 72, and this year is the 50th anniversary of the Immaculate Reception. From boxing, Ernie Shavers. From tennis, Nick Bollateri. From high school football, Gary Gaines, the legendary head coach of Odessa Permian, and for which the book and the movie Friday Night Lights was written. College football, Devin Chandler, Lavelle Davis Jr., and Deshaun Perry from the University of Virginia. Matt Miller from Kansas State. Spencer Webb from Oregon. Guy Morris. Frank Signetti Sr., Vince Dooley, and Mike Leach. From wrestling, Scott Hall. From golf, golfers Dale Douglas and Tom Weisskopf. And Shirley Spork, one of the founders of the LPGA. From NASCAR, Bruton Smith, the founder of Speedway Motorsports. From the media, journalist Grant Wall, who passed away during the World Cup. 
Hank Goldberg, formerly of ESPN, John Clayton, NFL reporter for ESPN, and Fred Fred Hickman, former sportscaster at CNN. So with that, we end the season. But as we go, I want to thank uh, all the season three guests that we had on this year. So first, of course, our senior NASCAR correspondent, Drew. So thank you. Uh, hope to have you back to get ready for the 75th diamond season of NASCAR. Renee Hess, the uh, executive executive uh, director and founder of Black Girl Hockey Club. Mackenzie Mack, professional golfer. Our super fans, Dre Day, New York Yankees, and Jay Stevens, Ohio State football. And of course, two-fifths of the High Score 510 podcast, my man HE3 and DJ Art. Appreciate you all for being on this season. And we'll definitely have to have all of you back on the show very soon. So with that, we end season three. So we'll rewind the deck and we'll get to episode 200 in season four. Again, I don't know who's going to be on it, but we'll get to it when we get to it. But until then, I appreciate you all for listening. Uh, This wasn't probably the best show because I feel like I fumbled a little bit. But nevertheless, that tells you it's time for a break. (laughs) So we'll refresh. We'll get back to it. But until I talk to you again, have a wonderful holiday. Thank you for listening. Please. Uh, rate, subscribe, review, share the show, email me, the emails in the show notes. And until I talk to you again, make sure that you continue to protect yourself, mask up, stay healthy, do everything you can to protect yourself and stay healthy. And of course, as I always tell you, remember to drink your water and mind the business that pays you. Peace. Thank you for listening to the latest episode of the Sports Wagon Podcast. If you enjoyed the episode, please subscribe, rate, review, and tell a friend about the show. You can also send me a voicemail or send me a message on Twitter or Instagram at It's Uncle Dub. That's I-T-S-U-N-C-L-E underscore D-U-B. Also, please consider supporting the podcast at buymeacoffee.com backslash sports wagon pod. I really appreciate your support. Thank you.